Spirit of God, move. Write your word in my here. I want to make known. I'm going to ask my brother Roy Florent if you wouldn't mind coming and leading us in prayer tonight. Uh, sister Margaret writes in for uh, Sister Rita Adu from Washington, D.C. She's had a stroke and uh, she's in not in good shape, not given much hope. So we just want to remember our sister in prayer. All things are possible. Amen. Amen. And we want to remember our brother Ron Spencer and uh, family. 
uh, Brother Charlie Spencer, Brother Ron's father, has passed on. So we just want to remember that that need in prayers. Uh, and uh, Brother Fury from Edmonton is also Brother Ken Fury. I'm not sure if any of many of you know him, but um, he's also passed away. We just want to remember that family in prayer. And there's many needs amongst us, um, but we serve a living God who's already paid the price for our healing. And we're coming tonight believing that it's already done. Amen. There's streams of grace that have been opened up in the house of David. Hallelujah. Let's sing that tonight. There's a fountain opened. There is a fountain. great it is to be able to gather tonight in the house of prayer and the house of deliverance father the place that you've provided for us that we would be able to come together with a leaks of fire to worship our king to worship our god to worship him who oh father by your word have brought all things under control father under your control, Lord. And tonight we are so thankful, Father, that we have a place where we can come to let off the pressure. We're living in a pressurized stage, Father, in a pressurized world, Lord. Everything around us is pressurized, Father. And we need pressure, Father, to help us to, to, to build up that courage and that strength and that faith in us, oh, Father, to live to lift up from this world, Lord, and to be gathered together to be meet to meet you in the air, Father. Oh God, the, the sky and not the grave is our goal tonight, Lord. Lord, we have few in numbers tonight, but oh God, we believe that you are amongst us. You're a majority, even there's one, Father. And tonight, Lord, we just want to thank you for your presence that we've already felt here tonight. We want to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit amongst us tonight, Father. We ask in that, oh Lord Jesus, that you will move in this congregation tonight. 
in the congregation of your people. And that you will touch every need, every life, Father. And bring under subjection every spirit that is contrary to your will and to your word tonight, Father. Father, we bring those requests that were spoken before you here tonight. The Spencer family tonight, Father. Lord, we know how the enemy has battered that family. But yet the old ship of Zion is still standing strong, Lord. So we pray, Lord Jesus, that you will just pour in the bomb tonight upon the family. Strengthen them, Lord, and keep them, oh God, under the shadow of the wings of the Almighty tonight. For thou art the great comforter, the one who comforts us, Lord, in times of desperation. In times, Lord, where we have no other place to go but to you, Father. We pray for the request that my sister brought, Lord. We pray that, Lord, you will just meet that one in the need that they have in their body. And that, Lord, you will show them this God is able to do all things, Lord. And we pray not only for the body, but we pray for the soul tonight. That the God of salvation will reach out to that one, Father, we pray. Father, we pray for the other request that was brought before you. I think it's the Fendi family. I pray that, Lord, you will reach out your hands and touch that one, Father. Remember my wife at home, Lord, and everyone who is not able to be here tonight. We know that the enemy goes about like a roaring lion, seeking to see which he may devour. But tonight, you've raised up a standard against him. The standard of your word that have said, Lord, all by your stripes we are healed. You're wounded for our transgressions. You are bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of your peace, of our peace was upon you. And by your stripes we were healed, Father. So we would ask tonight, oh Father, that you would go to each need, to each household, Father, to each family, to each individual, Lord, and you will touch those who need a touch in their bodies tonight. Remember my own need, Father, I bring it before you and lay it at the altar and believe, oh God, thou who is able to do the exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think will move in that need, Father. We pray for the servant of God who will stand behind this sacred desk, Father. How we appreciate the gifts that you've brought amongst us, Father, that you've raised up amongst us. Servants of God, men of God, oh Father, who do not fear to declare the unsearchable riches of God. And tonight we're expecting... We've come with expectation that you will speak, Lord. That you will hear the cries of your people. And that you will answer every need according to their need, Father. Bless your servant tonight. Use him, Lord. Help the man to just move himself out of the way and yield his spirit to you. That the spirit of God will speak. The spirit of God will move, Lord. Miracles will happen, Father. Death. Souls will be saved. Deliverance will be wrought amongst us, Father. And whatever other needs that may be amongst us, Father, we pray and commit it into your hands that our God will be able to touch every life here tonight, we pray. In the wonderful, precious, and holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, brother.
Just before we sit down, I'd like to sing this little chorus together after prayer. Key of F. With my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise. With my hands lifted up. He provides. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. Amen. He's all we need. Amen. Praise God. You can have your seats tonight. Let's sing Victory is Mine. Is that the same key? Well, victory is mine. Victory is mine.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll ask our brother Mike uh, Ray to come and minister tonight. And maybe we can sing that little chorus. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich. Let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say. Hosanna. Amen. Glory to his name. 
sure glad and happy to see you tonight. It was pretty small on Sunday, wasn't it, Brother Tim? <laughs> Amen. So more gathered so we can sing Hosanna. Amen. We can worship. Amen. I'm happy to be in the house of the Lord tonight. God bless you. God bless you and those that are not here tonight. God bless you. We're praying for you, praying for each one as we all ripple back after our different boats around here. Amen. The Lord is preserved and kept and we give him glory. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll turn to the scripture. Thank you, musicians. We'll just turn a few scriptures tonight. We'll start with James 4. Lord, help me tonight. You pull, I'll preach. May the Lord just speak to your heart tonight. Bit of a different subject. Lord, give me... Is grace. We're going to speak on it, uh, just title it tonight, Creatures of Time. Creatures of Time. Didn't really struggle with the title. Sometimes my title just helps me stay real focused. Other times I just, man, it's hard to find a title. Sometimes it just fits what you wanted to say, but so we'll just sit, we'll go there. So James 4, we'll start at verse 13. Go to now, ye that say, today, or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanish away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. Why don't we turn also to Psalms 90. Psalms 90. Life, it is even a vapor. Psalms 90 verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, or even ever thou hadst formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting... Thou art God. Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children of men. For a thousand years is in thy sight, are but as yesterday, when it is past and as a watch in the night. Thou carriest them away as with a flood. They are as asleep. In the morning they are like grass which groweth up. In the morning it flourisheth and groweth up. In the evening it is cut down and wherewith weareth. For we are consumed by thine anger, and by thy wrath are we troubled. Thou hast set our iniquities before thee, our secret sins in the light of thy countenance. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath, and we spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger, even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Amen. Let's just bow our heads. Heavenly Father, tonight we have worshipped you, Lord. We've praised you. And Lord, we turn our eyes now to your word. And Lord, your word is life. Your word is nourishment to our souls. Lord, tonight may you open your word to us, we pray. 
Lord, maybe a bit of a different subject tonight. I pray, Lord, that you would just be near and present. And Lord, you would speak to the individual needs of your people, we pray. Take us into your presence, Lord, we pray now. Committing this service into your hands. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Psalm 39, verse 4 also says, Lord, make me to know mine end and measure and the measure of my days. What it is that I may know how frail I am. I know it's maybe a little bit of an odd topic or maybe someone's like, ooh, talking on, on time. <laughs> can be sometimes, maybe it just gets a, you know, end of time or something like that. But we'll just, it's scripture. It's a scripture. Teach us, Lord. To number our days. You know, we live in a world that maybe feels like, well, just kind of things just go on forever. You know, just things are just going to happen. You know, we don't really think, you know, life just goes on. I mean, the, the media is filled with, with, you know, many stories that, you know, the world is going to end. It's, it's the end of the world. It's a very common theme, but somebody comes in and saves the day and the world does not end. <laughs> it's all good. We're all saved. It, it's, we go on forever. You know, it just won't, you know, that's, that's where books, movies, they all point to winning and life just, just continues on. Scripture says, teach us to number our days. Teach us for what is life, even a vapor. So mankind, you know, we feel, man, I say this very general, you know, that it's almost kind of this invincible type of mentality. And, uh, you know, we know that life comes to an end. We know this, but down there, not tomorrow. Not the next day, but beyond. It's just kind of out there, you know, and so we've got time. In fact, we've got lots of time, and nobody likes to, to think that they don't. We've got time. And so we put a lot of effort into making that time just amazing. You know, man puts, it just wants all the comforts of home, <laughs> right? And so, it, it, we, you know, mankind over the years has figured I got forever here, so why not I make it pretty comfortable, you know? You know, you've got three score. Scripture says we just read three score and ten. Is what we've been allotted. And even it says, and if by reason of strength, then four score. Twenty years is a score, so three score and ten is seventy. Four score, eighty, and so time. We have we have we do have a limited amount of time. You've got two point two billion seconds, roughly, to live. So now you're like, wow. <laughs> Whoa. That's that's a couple thousand millions. I'm here forever. All right. And so let's make it comfortable. And so man has done that. And it, it works day and night. We work day and night. We strive for every little luxury we can. You know, I looked at what little luxuries man has. You know, so you know, little luxuries of man. You know, what came up? One of the one of the they said they listed like fifty. One of them was luxury quilted toilet paper. The little luxuries of man. I'm like wow, that somehow reached the the little luxuries of mankind. And we strive for in our days that we live here, along with you know colognes and manicures and our cup of coffee in the morning. With our perfect bean that's roasted just the right way, we're here for some time. Why not make it comfortable? So man has thought. And so we paint our homes and our furniture is just right and we, we've got life to live. And the younger we are, the farther out it is. It's forever, right? Right. But life, as scripture says, is a vapor. It's a vapor. And so life is like, like this. This is, And then it's gone. And then it's gone. That's life. 
<laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> You're like, Brother Michael, poof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the scripture. I'm just giving you a scripture. Sometimes it's good to see a little tangible for you, right? Life is but a vapor. So maybe we should teach us, Lord, to number our days because they're fleeting. They just can pass. What did I do today? It's gone. Right. Life is but a vapor. You know, people invest in their, you know, uh, one fellow, he said, you know what? He was a pretty poor life investment strategy. He says, you know, you learn, you, you, you learn, you study, you work hard. You, you put every bit of effort in as possible to gain as much as possible, to be as comfortable as possible, to make just these handful of years just amazing, and then we die. And then you have a eternity, or what would feel like an eternity, of torment if you haven't numbered your days and sought the Lord. He says that's a horrible life investment strategy, poor strategy. For the stock keeners out there, ah. would that be a good investment strategy, David? Probably not. No, Scripture says, lay up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Lay not, sorry, up treasures on earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So what is time? What is time? I'll just give you the straight definition. Time is the indefinite continued progress of existence and events in the past, present, future, regarded as a whole. So then we buttoned that all up. But actually, man really doesn't quite understand time. In fact, draw me time. You'd probably draw me a clock and a calendar, but that's just the representation of the passage of time. But what's time? What exactly is time per se? Time, I'd say, is life's precious and maybe even life's most precious commodity. Consumed at every, at the same rate for every single one of us. So nobody's got a special, you know, slow down rate. You get 50% time speed and you're 150% time speed. Well, nope. It's all the same. We're all the same time. There's no way to stockpile. Ain't no stockpile in time. Can't hoard it. No hoarders. It's one thing. You can hoard a whole lot of things, but there's nobody's time in the storage shed. You know those guys that do those storage wars and they throw up the storage shed and they're like, whoa, somebody's been hoarding. There ain't no time in there. It isn't happening. It doesn't work. You can't reuse it. It's non-transferable, non-negotiable, and there's no guarantee. Would you buy that? <laughs> Non-transferable, you can't give it to somebody, you can't even negotiate on it, can I get a little bit more? Nope, and there's no guarantee of it tomorrow. That's time. It's the same value for every man and woman, and you've been given or allotted a certain portion of it to manage, and so what are you going to do with it? You don't actually even know how much you got. You know you got now. You have now. Some are focused on attaining wealth, goods, glory, achievement. Others may be focused on family, friendships relationships, maybe most of us focus on dealing with our everyday life, dealing with the issues of the day, our responsibilities, and others maybe just waste it. And they say, what did you do with your time? Time. Science is wondering, what is time? Why can't time go backwards? 
A little girl asked, I believe, Stephen Hawking. He said, she said, why can't you remember the future? Like we do in the past. And she probably twisted up a very smart man's brain. Uh, I don't know. Why can't we remember the future? Man is consumed with time travel, with eternal life, either trying to find the Holy Grail, the flower petals of eternity, something, name it, put a phrase there, man has searched for it over and over and over. They study, they research, and they spend all their time trying to find out how to get more time. And they're searching for answers. And they've spent, in fact, back in 1513, Ponce de Leon searched for the fountain of youth in Florida. He didn't find it, apparently. Some pursue it through through science and technology. In fact, there's five ways that they're really pursuing right now. Unlocking eternal life through gene power and cracking the mysteries of genes so they could find the immortal immortality gene and implant it into humanity. They're trying to clone body parts for replacement on a, of a whole human being. They believe this is maybe one of the uh, most evolved method to try and find immortality. Cryonics. Freezing people into a deep freeze so they fall into this frozen sleep and somehow wake up down the road. You say, that's crazy, Brother Michael. No, it's actually quite real. And people pay $220,000 to freeze themselves after they've died so that maybe in 50 to 100 years, the technology is there so that they could come alive again. You say, that's science fiction. That's reality. People are dying for no pun intended, eternal life of some sort and freezing themselves afterwards. In fact, not to even go down this road even more, they're freezing just their heads because somehow that could maybe be programmed into some sort of computer and all my thoughts and memories and I could become alive still in some nanobot way a hundred years from now. You say, you're insane. No, that actually is happening right now because they're searching for Immortality, because time is numbered, and it's as a vapor. So, wow. Yes, cyber brains, uploading your brain to a hard drive, as we just said, or even cellular repairs, nanotechnology is evolving as well, so that our bodily modifications and treatments will soon be done by nanorobots and may be able to replace dying cells. All science and technology, all methods to try and find Eternal, eternal, immortality or an eternal life. And they're going to much, it's because they're, they're terrified. They're terrified. What happens at the end of life? I was in a class where a discussion happened and a mom had a daughter ask her, what, what, what do we do when we, when, what, what happens after we die? And the mom didn't know how to respond because she'd never thought about it. This was in a discussion university class. And I, it just never thought about it. Incredible. Time is basically an illusion. As one man says, scientists created by the mind to aid in our sense of temporal presence in the vast ocean of space. Without the neurons to create a virtual perception of the past and the future, based on all our experiences, there's actual, there's no actual existence of the past and the future. All you have is the present. 
So all the past is is some memories, and all the future is memories projected to the future. But if those didn't exist, you wouldn't have past or future. You'd just have present. You're like, wow, Brother Michael, this is going very deeply weird. Actually, that's just Einstein. He said that time is an illusion, a stubbornly persistent illusion, man's idea of time. But God, it's a little different to him. And then he's going to be a little bit different to his people. And we look at time not at looking how to freeze ourselves. We're looking at a very much different aspect of time. Teach us, Lord, to number our days, right? But we look at it much differently. Brother Bram says, now, this great chain of perfection was broken by time-space. Time came because of sin. Let's draw a picture of time. He says, let's see a perfect circle. And forever and forever. And then all once sin dropped in and put a little, as my wife, he says, calls it a little hickey. A little drop in the chain. So it comes down now. Eternity continues, but it's not in its perfect condition. Here's a little gap comes down and it breaks over this way, goes out this way. God had to do that because Satan caused it. And it dropped down to a space of time for the trying, for the perfecting, and for the purging of the lost. That God, by his sovereign grace, might someday lift that little hickey or that little gap back into the perfect circle. And then she just rolls on just the same. You see it? Amen. Amen. What insight. Look at all mankind's trying. And here, Brother Bram just sums up time in one nice little paragraph for you. That's a prophet. Time, he says, it's this little loop. He continues on. Jesus from eternity to eternity. But he stepped into the time space and was made flesh. And came through here in order to sanctify. Put a streak of blood all across this place to redeem it. And connect it back in, back with God again for all eternity. That's all time is. Amazing. Incredible. I thought, my, time came because of sin. Time came, so we got, so we, and I just started to think about that, how time was created, it said, in the day you eat thereof, the day you die. And so here now, the serpent beguiles Eve, and there's sin in the garden, and, 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 and time is formed because of sin. And, and here, Satan now is thrown. Before this, there was no time. It just went on. Satan was cast out of heaven in prior time, but here time hadn't started yet. But here he, he, he causes Eve to sin. And little did he know at that very moment, he put an expiration date on his life. Think about it. Here he was trying to cause Eve to sin. Here he was trying to cause mankind to fall. And here he was perverting God's word. And little did he know, at that very moment, a box was put on him, or a little timer was put on him. He's like, ah, gotcha, time starts for you. My goodness. He must have sat back and said, oops, that was a misstep. Sorry, but there ain't going back. There's no going back. And so he got limited, now in time, because of... That day you eat, and so time start, started to, time's clock started to tick. And so now, it limits Satan's existence. And so now God's created his time. He's got time here for a purpose. God's not running willy-nilly. 
He's not wondering, well, what should I do now? Or, or, or what do I do here? I've got a kind of a blank day on my calendar. You know, I'm just kind of bored today. Or what should I do? No, God has a purpose for every moment of time that is, that is in existence still. Amen? It's not, it's not just, a, he doesn't have bored days. God don't have bored days. Nor does he get tired, nor does he get grow old due to the years that have passed. Amen? You know, we, we would look at, uh, you know, if we looked at, I had a friend over in the nighttime, and the next day, we, we, we saw him the next day and said, my goodness, you look old now. Doesn't happen. We, we don't see that happen. Right? We don't see, age. it doesn't happen. But maybe 50 to 100 years later, if you did that, that would be a bit of a difference. But Peter says to us, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. So as a day seems to make no change with us, so much more a thousand years makes no change with God. All right? You get up, like I said, when you see somebody the next day, you're not like, whoa, my goodness, what a change in you. It's the same thing with God. It's as a thousand years to him. There's nothing. It's just moving along. And we might we, we, we have a very much different concept of time. And I want you to realize God's, God's, God's living in the internal aspect Okay, we live in this time aspect. We're creatures of time. And we need to broaden sometimes and step back and look at how fragile time is, but how great our God is that is from eternity and how he looks at time. All right? I'll give you a little bit, little bit, another way maybe to think about it. How insignificant actually time is in, some, in many aspects to God. If you look at a drop of water, a drop of seawater, has many thousand organisms in it. Maybe one person says it's a drop of seawater, about a millimeter, a milliliter, sorry, uh, has about 10 million viruses, about a million bacteria, and about a thousand protozoas and algae cells, etc. So there's lots of stuff going on there. Many, several millions different little organisms of sizes and shapes. And, you know, if, if there was a, uh, you know, the, the, the little creatures there, no doubt their size is very important to them. And if there was a creature inside there, in that drop, which was seen to be maybe a um, hundred times larger than its neighbor. He's just this monster. Maybe some algae or protozoa compared to some bacteria of such, you know. To you and me, we can, who cannot see it with our naked eye, you know, the gigantic little, uh, you know, animalcule there of some sort, it's imperceptible to us. It's so small. But, it, you know, and even its tiny, tiny friend that he's a hundred times greater than. But they seem so utterly insignificant to us that we would squander millions of them and it's not very pertinent. We don't really care about a milliliter of water. But we don't, right? But what if one of those teeny little things in there, say this, this very large one, would, uh, would say, and maybe you'd have some, you know, philosopher or, or some well knowledgeable one of its own, and it could tell him, you know, he goes, you know, there's a creature that's living that could count the whole world of a, uh, you know, count the whole world of a drop of water as nothing. You know, he could, he could take up 10,000, thousand of these drops and scatter them without even an exertion of half its power. And this creature, it would not even be encumbered if it carried, uh, you know, on the tip of his finger, all the thousands that live in this world, this drop of water. And this creature would have no disturbance of heart, even if the great king of one of the empires in this drop should gather all its armies and they lead them into battle. You know, the, the hundred times smaller guys, they go, wow. That's insane, impossible. How can this be? Can't even grasp it. That there's something so, so massive and incredible. 
But when that invisible little philosopher had gotten an, had gotten an idea of man and the utter insignificance of its own self in his little drop of water and of its own little narrow world, then it would have, it would have achieved an easier task compared to that which lies before us when we attempt to get an idea of our God. And so now think about our time to that God. It's insignificant in many ways. Because he's eternal. He's infinite or finite. Try and ponder that for a moment. But now as the ages roll on, he abideth the same as when the waves break themselves against the rock. This is Christ, but the rock standeth forever. And under no apprehension, God will ever be affected with weakness through the revolutions of time. Never, ever, ever. He's omnipotent. He fainteth not. He's never weary. His arm does not wax short. His ears not heavy that he can't hear. His arm is not shortened that he cannot save. And if we find in this creaking earth to perform revolutions upon its axle for another thousand years, the Lord will show himself as strong to help his servants, as strong to help you and I, as and as mighty to crush the foes that would combat against us. Upon his brow, there's never a furrow and there's never any sign of a shakiness of hand in our God no matter how many thousands of years because he's timeless amen Amen. no weakness and no decay can be brought to God by time maybe to this body but not to God amen so no change in his purpose can ever come through evolving of years. Nothing. His purpose still stands. It'll never be shaken. It will maintain its course. Nothing can derail it or bring it off course because he's God. He changes not. And he's all powerful, almighty, and infinite. And his purpose stands. Amen. Ecclesiastes says, to everything there's a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. Now, time started. God got to work quite immediately. Season by season and moment by moment. To start to fulfill a purpose that he had in his mind. And God, in his mind, Brother Bram says, The most important thing in the world is God's church. Think about it. The most important thing in the world is God's church. God made this earth, he made it for a purpose, to take a church out of it, a bride, and that's the most important job in the world. My, if you say, what's the most, a lot of people have jobs in the world, but the most important that God has in his mind is to find and get a bride out of this earth, out of a church for him. And so at the very beginning of time, as it started, that started to be be fulfilled as he started to plant and started to 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 brood over the earth and we see moses and and noah and david and elijah as they went through and start to fulfill god's purpose in their space of time or their season there was a portion of time that moses started to to rise up and he god planted him for a certain time and israel needed deliverer went for 400 something years and here moses was was raising himself up going through different things because there was a portion of time that god had a purpose for him to fulfill and nothing was going to derail it and it was going to happen so that god's purpose and plan could come to pass 
Amen. It happened. Now that's, that's uh, as God brooded over time, each, each moment, each, as, as time went on, each person had a time that they must fulfill God's expression of who he was to that time period. Old Testament, they were typing, Moses typed Christ in, in many aspects, or David, or Elijah, different aspects were, were, were representations, or reflecting an, a part of who Christ was, as, he, as, as time went on, as it went up all the way to when Christ himself manifested in flesh. And so God has moved and brooded. He broods now even in our time, service by service, and script, as you read through scripture, and he's moving and brooding so he can bring his purpose to pass through you. Okay, and because he's got a specific plan that he's going to come down and he had a plan. He had uh, before before he was after redeem man. That's what his plan and purpose was, was redemption. Amen. Because of the fall. But Abraham says he took on the seed of Abraham. He became man. God made flesh among us to redeem us. In other words, God became sin that we sinners might be partakers of him and we might partake of him and partake as we are time space people, three score and ten, God came down and became one of us. Three score and ten for his allotted time that we might partake of his eternal life. Bye. I just loved reading that quote. Here, God, his design and his purpose is so that he would come and take on flesh at a specific moment so that he would take on our three score and ten, as Brother Bram says, for his allotted time that we might partake of his eternal life. My goodness. But my, how Satan has tried to combat, never relenting, trying to derail the purpose of God. All through time, all through the Old Testament, trying to, to, to move and, and, and stop the purpose of God from coming to pass. Amen. And he, Brother Bram says the purpose of God and nothing can destroy it. All the powers of hell might wager against it, but it will prevail. Amen. He said it's the purpose of God to see that it will prevail. That's his purpose. He goes, that will never, God will never let our heritage be destroyed. My. I, I just I, I said our heritage be destroyed. I'd never read that. And heritage, you can you go into what heritage is. It, you know, man would call it our our inherited traditions or objects and culture, or and it's it's something tangible or even intangible, and in the sense that ideas and memories and songs, even languages or or different elements of who we are. And here God would, Brother Bram says, God would never let our heritage be destroyed. He'd never through time, as we look back, as even one of the examples I have I have it with me is the Hebrew children. I thought how often. Have we looked back and drawn strength from the fiery furnace? Who's ever taken that in scripture and looked down and said, oh my, the three Hebrew boys, they wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. And there they were under the pressure of their day. But God would not let our heritage be destroyed because you can look back and say, look in scripture, oh my goodness, that's one of me, that's part of our body, that's part of Christ's bride, those Hebrew boys. And you drew strength from that. You you drew power from that scripture. God would never let that be destroyed. Here they had God had a purpose for those Hebrew children. Even for just one person to draw strength, God had a purpose for that. He wouldn't let that fall. Though Satan would try uh, so so difficult. But Abraham says the furnace was, I love it, the furnace was het seven times hotter. <laughs> I'm going to read it how it is. It was het. Hot for those that not not grabbing it. And all Babylon was on a rage, he said. They were determined. Satan was to destroy the purpose of God. 
If you think that's just going to be here in the Old Testament, you have another thing coming. Satan is to just wanting to destroy the purpose of God in your life as well. Amen? He's out to destroy. Seek, kill, and destroy. So, he made the furnace when they heated it seven times hotter and to be sure that the program of God would be destroyed. He said, but God wanted to display his power. And Babylon and hell could not defeat that purpose. He said, no matter if they heated it a million times hotter, it would not defeat the purpose of God. Amen. He wanted, God wanted to show that he was God of deliverance. So that you could draw strength from that and say, he's a God of deliverance. If he can save them in a hot, fiery furnace that's hit seven times hotter, he can deliver me. Amen. He says, and deliver them, whomever he desired to bring it. And nothing would interfere with his program. Fire cannot defeat the purpose of God's plan, nor can fiery trials. I don't care how hot the trial is. You are in a furnace of Laodicea. I can tell you that, and it's hot. Seven times, times seven hotter than what every other age was. But the same God that delivered three Hebrew boys, and we sing he's the fourth man in the fire, he will never let his purpose derail or be burned or go down and have his children bow. They will stand the fiery trials because he's a God that delivers. That's your heritage. Amen. Daniel, not too long later, Brother Bram says the purpose of God to show that he had power over the wild beasts of the field. And they put some lions in a cave one time and they starved them until they were so hungry that they could have tore a person to pieces just as just at one great jab grab. And the devil thought, surely I'll be able to destroy this prophet Daniel. Think about it. But Daniel purposed in his heart to do the purpose of God. Now, Brother Bram says, and God placed in his heart, but before Daniel could have had his desire, there had to be something to create that desire. Amen? Before he could have that faith, there had to be something to tell him that there was a God that could deliver. Amen? So he had Daniel purpose in his heart to do a purpose of God. But God placed it there. He said, I'm the God that can deliver you. And if he wasn't there, there would have been no ability to even have that purpose. But there Daniel purposed in his heart, I'm going to do the purpose of God. Amen? And you might think, well, that doesn't apply to me. Well, the power over wild beasts of the fields. I can tell you that there's 200,000 thousand demons. Wild demon beasts that are after you and I. And if he can have power over a natural on the natural side. How about on the spiritual side? If our God can deliver you and I. And put a, put a wall and a shield about us. As we purpose in our hearts. I'm going to do the will of God. My heart is to do the purpose of God in my life. You don't bet wild animals. Wild demons are going to be after you. To derail you from the pur- very purpose of what God has for your life. You don't think so? Mm, it's, it, anybody live in the world I live in? Nobody. All right. Butter Johnny. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I live in that world. Going about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You need the same God of Daniel. But Abraham says, oh, that coincides this morning with the faith, the living faith of a living God in his church. There's something in our heart that speaks that there's a land beyond the river. 
Amen. He says, oh my, he goes, the grave, he starts quoting along, fellow life is real, life is earnest. The grave is not our, it's goal. And dust thou art, but dust returnest. Was not spoken of the soul. Mm. Amen. So nothing can defeat the purpose of God. Not even death. Not even death. Think about it. There was an ordained time when Abraham had to now drop, as Brother Bram says, in that little hickey of time. And it was Abraham's moment to now drop and start to now fulfill his purpose. His expression of God through his life. And Brother Bram says, Abraham was as good as dead. And Sarah's womb had been dead for 40 or 50 years. But nothing can defeat God's purpose. Her body was old. It was wrinkled. The milk veins dried up. Her heart was so weak it could not have went through labor. But God let us know there that his purpose will not be defeated. He changed Sarah and made her young woman again. And took a man 100 years old and turned him back to his youth. Death can't even stop God's purpose from coming forth. He'll even wind back the clock. Because he did that in Abraham and Sarah's life. He's like, well, this has to come to pass. I need you to express this. There's a promised son that I've spoken. You're going to put him on an altar. He's going to foreshadow my Jesus Christ on a cross. So I just got to wheel the time of, of time back because it's going to express me. No, no time, no devil, no nothing will stop God's purpose. You think that's pretty crazy, but God did it. He wheeled back time in Abraham's life. Turned the clock back. He even held time for Joshua. Stood this, uh, had the sun stood still. And the sun stood still. The moon stayed until the people avenged themselves upon their enemies. So the sun, as jo- Joshua 10 says, stood still in the midst of heaven. My, think about it. God would not let his purpose fail. He would not let his children be defeated. And so he allowed them to even just hold time. Just hold it. My plan must be fulfilled. My children must defeat the enemy. I've proclaimed it. That I will deliver them. That they will defeat the enemy. And it looks like time. We get so consumed in our time. Because we're, we're finite. But God is sorry. Joshua just speak to the sun. Stand still. And all time was held right there. So that the purpose of God may be expressed. Brother Bram says, there ain't no bombs. There is no hell. There is nothing that will destroy the purpose. He goes, we've got to go (laughs) in a resurrection. It's a promise we have of God, God's purpose. Let's look at another one back in John's day. John the Baptist looked pretty silent. In fact, they went through quite a few years of silent years because it just went kind of quiet. All the way through, there was no prophets to all the different, all the years as uh, coming up into, into the, into the birth of Jesus Christ. And it had been a long time since there'd been someone in the land, a prophet in the land. I said, you know, this, this God disappeared. Is he, does he not care? And it got pretty quiet. And there were maybe some, some trudging years as they were just trudging out, staying firm on the word of God. Look, you know, where's the promise of his coming? Is, where's the, isn't there supposed to be a rapture? And it got pretty, got pretty quiet for a lot of years. But there were those that were staying firm on God's word. And they were believing. And God's purpose was coming. It was manifesting. And it was coming to a point that it was going to now manifest and the prophecies would be fulfilled. But Brother Brown says, there come a time where there had to be a voice of one crying in the wilderness. 
Isaiah, 812 years before, prophesied that there'd be a voice of one crying. He did. How little did the people know it? How little was they expecting it? The ages had went on and the places, the idea of supernatural and the idea of those things had faded from the people's hearts. Time had just kind of lulled through the passage of time. And all of a sudden, out of the blue sky, as we say it, there came a fellow out of the wilderness, a burly looking fellow, preaching repentance and telling the people that the axe is laid to the root of the tree and every tree that didn't bring forth good fruit was hewed down. My, out of the blue, as Brother Branham said, we can get stuck in the rhythm of time. But here they were just lulled through and the idea of things had just faded from their mind, the idea of supernatural. But God had a season and a moment where he was going to start to unveil himself again through another prophet now and interpret his word through this vessel. But don't get lulled by time, saints. Don't get, well, you know, Brother Branham was years ago now and, you know, we're just kind of moving on and we don't really know. That's exactly what happened there. But our Branham said if the people would have been aware of the prophecy of God, they'd have known that John was to prepare the way of the Lord according to prophecy. But our Tim said on Sunday, know your season. You need to watch for the word for your day. Don't get just lulled by the passage of time and caught up into the cares and aspects of this world. Because there is a moment for you and I. There's a season that we must express God's purpose in this day. Amen. And if we just lull ourselves, just kind of let it pass as they did in that day and out of the blue, so it seemed. But if they were watching for it, it wouldn't have been out of the blue. It wasn't for Anna and Simeon. There they were waiting and expecting something to happen. Here Simeon was in the temple. Here Anna was in the temple. And here they had lived for a moment. What God was going to move. They had, Simeon had been told that he would see the coming of the Lord. He, his eyes would see. And, and Anna there was there in the temple. And, 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 and so they were there. They were, you know, is it today? Is it today? Is he going to come today? And so they sat in expectation day by day by day. They weren't just lulled by time. And she was an old lady. But Abraham said she was blind. It just wasn't another day, but they lived then the moment when expecting the word to manifest before him, prophecy to be fulfilled. And here she was blind, living even in a, in a world that she could not even see, maybe out of age around the world and living in the temple. And you think that maybe she had just become complacent because of that, but no, she caught the season. She, the scripture says in Luke 2, 38, and she coming in that instant. That's scripture. She was waiting for the moving of the Lord, for the Holy Spirit to unction her. She was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. She wasn't dulled by just time and passage of time. There was a purpose God had for her, and she was there, Lord. Is this the day? She was sitting in her corner. She was she was memor- thinking about Scripture and pondering and staying in prayer. But in an instant, because it was when Mary and Joseph were bringing Jesus in the temple, she could have, if she was sitting on the side, ho-hum in some other world, well, just another day. But she was waiting, and in that instant and she came gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all them that looked for redemption in Jerusalem her purpose that God had for her she was ready for it she was in that moment and she expressed God and what he desired for her in her life I say you 
we need to be just the same. We need to be on the tips of our toes. We're not saying, oh, where's the promise of it coming? He's here. Elijah's God is with us today. What does he desire me to do today, Lord? I'm wanting to express your purpose. I want every attribute that you desire for me to manifest. I'm ready. Just show me. Just lead me. That's the spirit of Anna. May it be upon us. And not lulled by time. And just the pure, pure passage of it. We're creatures of time. We have the now. We have the now. And we sometimes box into our world maybe. You know. I think of Martha. She had waited four days. Jesus was four days late. Here, Lazarus had passed away. She'd asked, she'd sent message for Jesus to come. Her brother now had died. That's kind of the worst of, you know, someone's sick or they're needy or something, but he's died. It's all done. It's over. These are difficult times. We sorrow, not as others, but we sorrow. And they would have been sorrowing. Why didn't he come? Why, why didn't he come? I called for him. And he's, he's, he loves Lazarus. Where, where is he now? And I'm sure there was some thoughts. You know, but in God's realm, he's timeless. And so we, we would, Scripture says, he came four days later. Well, Scripture says a day is a thousand years to God. So I did the math. So a thousand years is one day. That means 41.6 years to an hour that means 0.7 years or 255 days to a minute and about four and a quarter seconds sorry four and a quarter days to a second so if you really want to get down to it he's just a second out (laughs) he's not he's not he wasn't late but that's all it was for him if you want to get it into that well lord it's four days it was just like oh i'm here (laughs) oh i'm here it's all it was to god you know, we try and bring it down. I just, as Peter, it kind of helps us maybe package a little bit of time because we can't really actually grasp eternity. My brain can't. Forever and ever and ever and ever. You try and grasp it. If you've got it, you let me know and tell me how you did it. But he said, Peter says it's as a thousand years as a day. And so that helps us. Wow. You know, it, our little puny brains can kind of come in there. And so even, even, so you have a, you have a situation. You say, oh God, it's been years. It's been even 20 years. It's about 30 minutes to God. So, anybody ever been 30 minutes late to something? Probably everybody. You've been delayed about 30 minutes. That's like a long time for us. 20 years is like a long time. But God runs on a different time scale. He runs in eternity. But just understand, God's moving. You, we get stuck into this little realm, our little drop of water, so to speak, as those those little protozoas and algaes and figuring, no, there's surely there's there's nothing bigger than this world. No, there's somebody that can really doesn't really care about your drop of water. There's a God that's much bigger than our problems, and it might, might be waiting or or praying for a certain answer. It might take a day, a year, a month, fifty years, twenty years. I don't really care. But we're talking in the realms of some minutes and maybe an hour or something if we want to really try and. Put it in that way to God. It's nothing. It's nothing to Him. The answer is on its way. As the song says, it's just coming. Amen. 
You know, I was... This might be out of... I told my wife we were talking a few days ago, and I said, you know, really, life for us, we're just like little wind-up clocks. God's wound us up with time. We don't know what we have. He knows. He knows what we have. We don't want no regrets. Because I don't know in my life when my music stops. But I want every day. I want the now to live to the maximum. So that I express the very purpose of God. Because at some point, my box is done. My clock is over and God takes me home. That's all we have. He's wound us up. I don't know. But I say, saints, live for the now. This moment, this day, be an Anna, ready, ready to serve, ready to, to, to grasp what God you're doing in my life. Who can I reach out to now? Because God has something for you. Don't just be complacent and miss it. I don't want no regrets. No regrets. Brother Bram talks about so many times, and we've, many quotes have been said over time, different ones that even missed their moment in a prayer line, or when, when Brother Bram was discerning the thoughts and, and, and the different needs. And my one just draw, draw my, drew my attention as one, he had his back. Brother Bram's talking, he says, I, he, I'm, he goes, this, there's a woman appears to me, he says, I'm looking right at her, I want, brethren, look here, can't you see it? Look here at the edge of this cloth, it's red, see that light? Now there's a woman sitting right behind me. She's very upset. She's arthritis, blood pressure, bothered with allergy, and she's got complications. Now, if she just don't miss it, when I turn, her name is Miss Khan. Stand up, Miss Khan. My, it was her time. That moment of the now was her time to receive her healing. It was also her time, I would pray, to recognize the mighty God unveiled before her because that wasn't just all that was happening was a discernment. Brother Branham actually is in, in the, one of the services called Influence in Tulare, California. He's speaking at the end of the service. And he's now, uh, actually he's having a, an altar call and he's inviting those to come. And he's speaking of Isaiah and he says, oh, if there's one Isaiah in here tonight, or a hundred that wants to, to go, wants the cleansing of God in your life. You don't know, you, you, that don't know Christ as your savior. You're invited now to the altar. He's speaking to your heart. Is there anyone? And nobody comes. He says, you know, offers another opportunity. He says, you know, wouldn't you come? And he, and he, and he, and he bids the people again. He says, well, believe in all of you by your actions are saved. He says, well, is there any backslider? Maybe walk down here and we'll pray with you. And he waits there. Nobody comes. He says, well, I presume there's no one's backslidden. He says, anyone need the Holy Ghost? Oh, he's one man. God bless you, brother. He says, there's one man in here that doesn't have it. Bless his humble heart. I trust it's another Isaiah. And then he says, now, I'm going to tell you what you've done. You've done the horriblest thing you've ever done. He says there's two or three hundred people here that ought to be at the altar. My, their moment was right then. That was their moment when God was speaking and they just sat there. And Brother Branham says, you've done the horriblest thing. So then now he goes and he starts to discern. 
he started serving Mr. This, Mrs. So-and-so, you have this, you have that, you have this. And he goes one, two, three, four, and he goes through many. And then he says, now I'm going to invite you again. And he said, now the aisles were full and packed because of the signs. But at the word, they weren't responding. Say, Lord, I want to respond to your word. I want my heart, Lord, whatever it is. If there's my moment. And I, I, I want to, I don't get, don't take the bait, young people, old people, middle-aged people. Don't take the bait of the illusion of a future. Oh, there's a, there's, there's tomorrow. What is tomorrow? It's your thoughts of what the past was projecting it to tomorrow. You've got the now. That's what you have. You have this. You have this little box that's jingling with music right now because we're all here. We're present in the now. I don't know when that box shuts, but take the opportunity that God has when the word is going forward. Not like these ones that were sat in the service with the mighty God, when the angel of God, the pillar of fire was present and they couldn't even be moved by the word. God help us. So don't take the bait of the future. Some concoction of some past events, as we said, but right this moment. Say, well, I'm not old enough. Maybe I can't do anything for God. Maybe when I get a little out of high school or something like that, I'll kind of do that. Uh -uh. But Abraham says, no. He says, the first thing you know, he starts speaking about Shamgar. He says, he began to get angry. And he looked around. We know the story, so I'm not going to go into it in depth. He goes, I'm, un- I'm circumcised, and they're uncircumcised. He goes, but here's what I want you to catch. He says, I ain't got time to go out here and take some lessons and learn how to duel and how to fight. Well, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I haven't really prayed at a prayer meeting before. I don't really, you know, feel like, you know, I, I have, I'm too young still, or I, I don't know how to witness. I've never really said something to anybody before. I'm just going to stay in my zone. I don't know. Put whatever in your zone. But Shamgar said, I ain't got time. I don't got the time to, to, to spend and be like, well, how do I do this? And, and, and what exactly, how do you use this ox code per se? It's really a clumsy tool to go tackle some Philistines. Mm. He said, no, I'm going to go out here. I don't have time to take lessons, but I tell you, God's my God. God's my God, saints. So he just reached there and got his little ox goad. He said, you know what an ox goad is, a little old thing that has a brass knob on it. He says he didn't have time to train to be some kind of fighter. The emergency was at hand and he had to do it then. The emergency is at hand. Satan is as a roaring lion. We better stand. God's got a purpose for you to do. Grab whatever his brother Bram says, whatever's in your hand. Take the word of God. Take what God gave you in your life. Take the character he's given you, the personality he's given you, and use it for him. Like, well, I got to just kind of train myself a little bit or, or kind of, you know, the raw edges of, of, of who I No, you don't. Go live your life before all men. Speak the word of God. Brother, we ain't got the time to go through all through schools and around this way and teach this way. The time's at hand, but as Brother Branham says, rise, take what God's given you. Let's go. Men and women are dying everywhere. My, if we actually took that, men and women are dying everywhere and they need what? A savior. And who are they going to see? They're going to see Christ living through you and me. So get out there, take what God has given you and go and fight the enemy. Nothing but an ox goad. The only thing Brother Bram says he needed was a spirit of God on him. Amen. Samson didn't ask, ask for time neither. He didn't go and approach the job and be like, wow, just hold the phone. I got to figure out how to use this. This is the most weirdest tool I've ever had to fight with. Can I just use my hands? No. 
God, that's what God gave him to do. That's what he gave him to use. And he didn't have to figure it out. He didn't have to give it a delay. He put it, took it in his hand. He said, this is the moment. And that's the enemy. I'm going after him. Seize the moment. You know what that means? You know where that comes from? Carpe diem. Ever heard of that? Yeah. It's from an old poem. Horace. It means pluck the day. Not tomorrow. Today. Or seize the day. The full of it actually is pluck the day and put little trust in tomorrow. I need to plan my life out. I need to do this. And you have to, your way, I just, you know, I won't really give my heart to, to Christ quite yet. Maybe at, at, maybe when I get out of high school because, you know, or maybe out of university. No, it's today. Seize the moment today. That's what carpe diem means. We must express Christ in the now. The world needs a living expression now of who he is. His purpose must be fulfilled today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is all that matters for us. Amen. I said, Lord. Let's seize 2022. Each moment of it. I don't know what 2022 holds. Can't even believe we're even in it. That many years down the road. But I don't really care about the past. And I don't really care about the future. Lord, help me just care about right this moment. Well, we had an amazing camp. We did. We had a wonderful wash night. That's wonderful. We had a wonderful service last week. That's wonderful. But what about now? That's past. Well, maybe there's a next service. Oh, I'm looking at winter camp. That'd be great. No, you might not have it. The box might end. I'll get real down to brass tacks. My brother-in-law, he had days after a camp. And he was taken from the scene. I don't know what we have. But God, may I seize this moment. This time. Because I want my life to the very last ring of music of my life. To play out what you have for me. To express of you. Amen. I'm here to do damage to Satan's kingdom. And I ain't going to do that just ho-hum sitting on my backside. Thinking about, well, you know, tomorrow. No, no. Lord, I'm here for you. What do you want me to do? That's what I want to be. I don't want to tinker around. I want a very clear vision of what God has for my life. I did appreciate the prayer of Gideon when he told that brother Tim. He said, you're not too young. Here, look. He said, little Gideon. Gideon took what? God at his word. Took the sword of the Lord out of Gideon in his hand. Took the word of God in his hand and says, I can pray for you, daddy. Okay, pray. He said, well, I'm too young. He was four. So if he can get down and pray and say, I know God. I he, he's not saying that, but he's been taught right. His brother Bram talks about Isaac and Abraham. He was taught right. He knew what a sacrifice was. He knew he needed the, what dad was the wood. But you know what are the sacrifice? Because he'd been taught. Amen. You're not too young. Now, I want to tell you that you are God sent for this time, for this part. For this little time now, this little hickey, this little drop of time, there's a portion there that God says, oh, it's Brother George's time. Now, that seed now, that attribute of God now starts to become expressed at this, in this little sliver of what we call time. He says, okay, now I'm gonna, now I'm gonna, I, I need, I need my purpose to now be fulfilled. And so now your time, your opportunity, your moment to seize is now, is now. 
You know, sometimes God, he just wants to prove to Satan that his word doesn't fail. He goes, you know, I ordained my, he ordained his people that they would try God's word as faithful and true. But sometimes it seems, and I, and one, one person put it, he goes, sometimes it's like God even allows the enemy to stack, stack the enemy with all the, with, you know, with all the benefits. And here, if you look at Job or even look at David and here he was coming against Goliath, it's like, Oh my goodness, you know, everything's stacked up against, against David. I mean, it's, it, he's got a puny little sling and, and a puny little nothing. And you know, even though it looked like God was throwing every advantage on the side of his enemies. But he's, one man says, but the battle is fair enough. He goes, he's giving them all, giving them all on their side, letting them have every weapon, bidding them to take all the power and the wit and the eloquence and the learning. But he said, we'll beat them yet. We'll beat them yet. Because God's purpose can not fail. It wouldn't really matter how much extra they had on their side. It didn't really, wouldn't, wouldn't really matter how deep Job went into the, into the depths of, of the boils and this and that. Yet God's purpose was going to come to pass regardless of how bad his comforters were or whichever. But it was going to come to pass. And so it's almost like God has a sense of humor. And he tilts the scale so bad on the other side. It's like, that's insurmountable. How can I do it? But he's just showing that he's God. And that I'm going to make it happen no matter how weak you are and no matter how big they look. It's going to come to pass. Amen. But Abraham says now, if you got eternal life, there's only one form. That's God. And you are an expressed attribute. You're not going to have, you're not going to be there anyhow. No man can come to me except my father drawn him, which passes away all old things, but these things don't. So speaks of eternity. The Holy Ghost is eternal. Then you are in eternity where you was all the time, but you've just recognized what happened. My. He said, you may, you were made from, for an eternal purpose because you was the manifestation of an attribute that was in God. That thought of you and expressed you. And he made a earth to take you out of and to make a human being. And sin come in and perverted his way. And you come anyhow, but you were lost. So he come and redeemed you and expressed attribute and also redeems this earth. Then his purpose rolls on and on. Amen. Your eternities. Amen. You're, 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 nothing is going to stop it. One, one, it says the gauntlet has been thrown down. He says now in the name of him that liveth and was dead once more, we are, we who are God's servants full of weakness. We throw down the gauntlet in the face of the enemy against the world that seems to be omnipotent against the learning of the world, the eloquence of the world, the multitudes, the authorities, the dignities, the powers, the alliances of the state. He says, we throw down the gauntlet, take it up. O earth, if thou darest, but remember when we make the challenge, we expect stern fighting. We know from God's authority, which cannot lie that a glorious victory awaits us why ye cannot fail because you are from eternity you have an eternal purpose to fulfill and when you're done you go back to eternity so throw it in our face earth throw it in our face devil the gauntlet is thrown but the victory will be his and god's purpose will roll on and roll on amen the greatest moment even now of that little hickey of time is even right now the greatest revealing of christ the mysteries have been revealed. Brother Bram says, we've had years now. There hasn't been much done. He's speaking this in 55. 
He says, God, he says, I certainly believe there's coming a time and it's at hand now. God's going to make himself manifested the greatest he's ever done in all ages. This is the ending up of the time. My time will be no more. One of these days we come out of eternity, stepped into a little time space and step out of time back into eternity. Oh my goodness. We was before there was a world. Then, then we came into the world and we go out of the world back. So I tell you tonight, the time has come for time to end. That's where we're at. But a Branham actually says, we're living in a dangerous time of all. No prophet, no apostle, never in no time ever lived in such a time as we live now. This is the end. He says the prophets lived in a time when the handwriting was on the wall for a nation. And if you go back to that scripture, the scripture actually says and when, when the handwriting was put on the wall, mene mene tekel upshurin is written on the wall and it speaks about the, the king that's looking at it and it says his joints were loosed and his knees did knock and shake and, 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 and together and hit together. It was a very trembling time. As a hand come out and writes on the wall and it was, but Abraham says the handwriting, the prophets lived in time when the handwriting was on the wall for a nation. He says, but we're living now. We're living when the handwriting is on the wall for time. My, I just read that many times. It said the handwriting is on the wall for time. It's sitting there saying, you've been weighed in the balance. Time has been weighed and it's been found wanting and it's coming up and it's going to be over and time will be no more as it says in revelations 10 and the but Abraham says and when the mystery is finished time shall be no more and seven thunders throw their voices out he says and what if it is something he's speaking this in in serves this to time uh and he says what what if it is something to let us know how to enter into rapturing faith? And he's, he says, Oh Lord, is it so close that I'll see it? Is this the generation? Sirs, my brethren, what time is it? Where are we at? He says, look at the watch, the calendar. See what date we're living in. Israel's in Palestine. He speaks about Israel being in her homeland. And the oldest star and the flag. And the, he said, then he quotes the scripture. Fig tree budding leaves. And all these things will, will not, until all these things are fulfilled. That's the scripture says, verily, verily, I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things are, are fulfilled. Israel came a nation in 1948. That was 74 years ago. We know a generation is 40 years. So let's just say someone born in 48, just for the sake of time and, and such. Not that someone born in 48 saw it, but they'd be 74 right now. So a 10-year-old would be 84. I'm not saying I know the time or the hour. I'm just saying, what time is it? Life is a vapor. And the handwriting is on the wall for time itself. Lord, help us. Help us to fulfill the purpose that you have for us in this day. Help me catch the moment and the season that I'm in to catch what you're doing. Amen. For this moment. But Abraham says they're coming to the battle of Armageddon exactly what they'll do. And they're uniting right now. We've got UN everything. Western world's uniting against Eastern world. Communism and so forth. It's all uniting together. Churches uniting. Everything seems to be uniting. Uniting themselves together. We see that, he says. But he says, 
bringing the world together, bringing the people together, all the churches together. And while all this uniting is going on, there's another uniting. There's another uniting. He says, God is uniting his bride. Amen. She's coming together from east from the West. I don't know the time, saints. I'm not telling you this and that and the other when we start getting the numbers. I'm not even going there. But I can tell you we're nearing that time where a time shall be no more. I say, where are you? Check yourself up. Say, oh God, I want to be expressing your image. I want to be an expression of the word in this day. Because God's uniting his bride. She's coming together east and west, north and south. Uniting time right now. What's it for? The rapture. What's she uniting with? With the word. She's uniting herself with thus saith the Lord. Amen. I say, you know, how can a bride unite? If she doesn't have the word. She must have the word for her day. That's going to bring her and connect her and unite her with the word. And now what if she doesn't have the word in her language? How can the bride then be complete? Vital. Vital that we get behind. That's what this church has always been behind. Is because the bride en masse globally is uniting. And therefore they must have the word in their language. So that they also can express God's purposes for them in their area, in their country. Amen. Let us unite under that same banner to go to the Lord. Get this word out. My goodness. Brother Brown says it couldn't be until now. It's this age. It's, it's only this age that could reach every tongue and nation. Try and do this 200 years ago. Wouldn't have been too easy. But it's because now with technology and such, it can get and penetrate in every corner and every aspect of the earth. But Abraham says they could not receive it. Speaking about the past ages, therefore it was not possible until now. What a time we're living in, saints. Until now. Musicians, why don't you come? He says, as God's promised in the last days, faith of our fathers would be restored back to the bride. He goes, my, he says, where are we standing? Uniting time. This is the season of united time. And here, as we spoke in the beginning, God, as he dropped because of sin, dropped that little hickey of time and created this time space, as Brother Branham said. But as time now is, is on the wall and his time is up, what's going to happen now is that little hickey is going to start to move. And it's a uniting time because it's now time for time and eternity back to merge together. Amen. But Abraham says, when God and man will unite for eternity, when creatures of time unite with the eternal, that's you and that's me. That if we have eternity in us, attributes of God, then we are eternity and we become creatures of time that now blend together and time and eternity blend. And that little hickey goes back in and now it's a perfect circle. All over. That's what I'm living for. That's what you need to be living for. Say, Lord, I'm living for that uniting. Oh, but Abraham says, oh, what a time. Scripture says, for this incorruptible, this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality. Then shall be brought to pass the saying. You ready? That is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death. Where's thy sting? Oh, grave, where's thy victory? Death is swallowed up in victory. I say time is swallowed up into eternity. I want to be in that swallowing. I want to be part of that eternity, that little bit of eternity that has dropped into time. So when time is back swallowed in, I go back to where I came from. Amen. Because that's what's inside of me is eternity. 
And I become part of it again. Amen. Amen. But if you're born again of the Spirit of God, you become part of God and eternal with Him. You've changed from a creature of time, but Abraham says, to a creature of eternity. Mm, I love it, saints. I want to say eternity is calling. And I don't know what this year holds, but seize the moment, seize the day, seize the hour. While we're in this place, we call time. Lord, help us. As we move through this next chapter of time, let us, Lord, be like an Anna and fulfill the purpose of God. But Abraham says a supernatural word by a supernatural God made a creature, made a creature of time to a creature of eternity. Amen. Beautiful. Let's stand. Say, what are you a creature and where are you bound for? I sure pray and hope, God, I'm bound for a promised land. Amen. There's a quote. Oh, my goodness. It was just so beautiful to me. It just was like my own personal testimony. It says there's something within us. Brother Bram says there's a fire that's a burning. A light that's been lit by God and no breezes can blow it out. There's no cold spells in the church. There's no indifference amongst the people. No persecution of the world that can blow out the flame that God has lit. For it's God's purpose that his torched light of freedom will burn until the coming of the Lord. And no powers can blow it out. They'll only make it burn brighter. Amen, as they blow. It's been proven through the ages that persecution strengthens the church. Amen. When there's a per- when you are God-driven, Holy Ghost-filled, you're saying, Oh God, light the fire of God in me. That, that light that God lit, no one can burn it. No one can blow it out. It's no cold spells, no indifference, no nothing. Say, I'm so focused. I'm going to seize the moment and go forward. May the church burn brighter. Amen. It's been proven. I don't care what persecution comes. We'll burn brighter. So as we said earlier, throw the gauntlet. Throw it down. Because God's purpose can't be derailed. And if you are God's, you are of eternity. It must come to pass. So throw it down. In the face of the enemy. Amen. And seize it. Let's sing. I want to sing. You know what I really wanted to sing on Sunday? I love the song. It's an old song. Arise, my soul, arise. Mmm. These are old songs. Yeah, you don't, you know, who knows that song? Yeah. It's kind of like a, you just kind of, mmm, song. So you need to sing it with that. I'm going to rise, my soul, arise. Shake off these guilty fears. The bleeding sacrifice in my behalf appears. My These are words that are anointed. We can sing it before the throne. My surety stands and my name is written on his hands. Amen. Let's sing this song together. Oh, arise my soul, arise.
Father, Abba, Father. I was reading just what that is, and a fellow gave it an example of Father and Abba, Father. And it was it was actually he had an experience, a, a circumstance with a, a, a Jewish man and his son, and and and, and it was. He heard his, the father said to the son, Now when I tell you just to do something such, you say, Yes, Abba. And the man was just like, Wow. It was just, he said there was such this, it wasn't just endearing and, and such a connection of love. It was also out of this obedience. Abba, Father. And it just, and, and you know, we go over some of these words and say, Oh, Abba, Father, Abba, Father. But it's, it's, it, you're, you're saying, Yes. Oh, you, you, it's speaking of such a, of, a, of a, a love and a connection and a desire. Oh God, whatever you desire me to do, yes, Abba, Father, I, whatever, whatever your desire is for me, I'll be obedient to that. And, and here, this man was was experienced. It actually was in in just a little place in an airport. He says, "Now, when you're looking, he was just teaching his little young boy, about four years old. He says, now, when I say to do that, you just say, you say yes, Abba.'" What meaning this is in is in Hebrew. Oh, Abba, Father, whatever you desire of me, I want to do what you have. I want my life to express your purpose so that you are, I am an image of you. Amen. Many things about tomorrow. Oh, many things about
flame or the flood. Sister Margaret, I thought about you through the lion's den as we prayed months ago now, weeks ago. You might go through some den of lions, but we have a God that can shut the lion's mouth, that can quench the fiery flame. I don't, you might go through it, but he's there with you. Amen. I want you, I pray tonight, you can say many things. I don't know about tomorrow. I know about now that I'm serving him with all my heart. I'm expressing who he is. I'm living for his purpose. That's what I am now. Tomorrow, he holds. If my music box keeps going, I'm going to keep going. He holds me. Teach me, Lord. I have in just a few days. Teach me to number my days. I may be a vapor, but I'm his vapor. And when I go into air and this spirit departs this old flesh, guess where? Into eternity I go. Amen. May that be your prayer this night. And this Wednesday, just a little chopped up service. May you just take something home and say, I'm part of eternity. I'm just a little piece that dropped into time. I'm God's expression at this little hickey of time. But I'm going back to eternity because I'm part of him. And he's eternal. Therefore, so am I. Amen. Heavenly Father, pray tonight, Lord, that something, Lord, just dropped into maybe a little strip bag. Maybe they don't need it at this very moment. But, Lord, they might go through a certain experience. Through a certain circumstance, Lord, they might need to reach back. And they can grab and say, oh no, I know who holds tomorrow. I know who's got me in his hand. I'm but a vapor. My days are numbered, but he holds me. And I'm living for him. There's a fire that's lit me that can't be blown out. No matter how hard the devil blows. So, oh God, I pray, Lord, something anchors home. They can go home strengthened in your word. Tonight we pray. We dismiss your people. Go with them. Strengthen them, Lord. Heal the people that are sick. We claim, as we sang on Sunday, the blood of Calvary. Lord, we're a needy people, but we have a God that can meet all our needs. Lord, you, you don't tire when we pray. I'm so thankful as I prayed much and many times, Lord, I'm sure glad you don't tire when I come towards you to thank you and bring a need of our people or of my own need. You don't tire of that, Lord. I'm so thankful. So once more, would you touch our people? Lord, make them whole. Heal them by your blood, oh God. And Lord, raise them up that we can come. Lord, on Sunday, if you'd give it to us, that we could come and praise you and lift our voices up to you. For we were made for worship so that we could give you glory and honor. So Lord, go with us this week, the remainder of these days, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week ahead of you. God be with you. May walk out the door. He holds your tomorrow. Live for the now 100% for Him. God bless you. You're dismissed in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.